So let's go to Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7. And I hear the pages slowing down here. Let's go ahead and get started. We'll get started reading. And i got to make sure I check my time here. Make sure I finish. Give Brother Dallas uh, a good amount of time. I, I can go about an hour and a half. Is that, is that what we were talking about, uh, Brother Dallas, right? Uh, but... No, I don't preach long unless you ask my church. <clears throat> they might tell you different. But Galatians 6, 7, it says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever... I feel like this is cutting in and out. Is it, is it cutting in and out? Should I just do a handheld? Test. Hey, there we go. Man, I sound more manly with this one, too. I don't know. Man, I need this mic at my church. I need this mic in my house. Uh, but <laughs> Galatians 6, verse 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not, we're going to pray here. Here's the title of the message tonight. I figured it went along with the theme here. When you get what you want, is it what you wanted? When you get what you want, is it what you wanted? And if you don't like the word want, this is not the title that you would want. All right? <laughs> See if I can fit want in there any more, uh, any more times. But when you get what you want, is it what you wanted? Is it what you wanted? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be gathered together. And God, please do what I cannot do. Lord, you know we're all just sinners up here trying to do your work. And, and Lord, I just ask that you'd fill me with your spirit here tonight. And Lord, please use your truth to speak uh, to the hearts of, of young men, young ladies here. God, these uh, young men, young ladies are going to raise the next families. They're going to be the next generation of church workers. And God, some of them already are. And Lord, I just pray you'd continue, Lord, to work in their lives and their hearts. And Lord, speak to them. In a way that I just never could, Lord, just, uh, Lord, please just get me out of the way here tonight. And, Lord, may your word speak truth in the minds and hearts of those that are gathered here tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I always thought it was kind of funny where the Bible says, be not deceived. Doesn't it sound uh, kind of interesting? It's like I would expect something different than what I planted. You know, be not deceived. What you plant is exactly what's going to start growing. Well, duh. Right? I mean, that's how I think. I mean, well, uh, why, would I, why would anything else grow? I don't think I'd be surprised if I planted potatoes and potatoes started to grow. And by the way, I'd only plant Mr. and Mrs. Potatoes. Uh, uh, a woman to that, right? A woman to that. Listen, oh, silly, we're arguing about the gender of potatoes now. This has gone too far, too far. Listen, I, I wouldn't be shocked if I planted an apple tree and apples started to grow. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, what do you know? There's apples growing on the branch. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be shocked. But so many people have convinced themselves that they can plant sin and grow blessings. They really have. James 1.15 says it plain and clear. It says sin, when it is finished, when it grows, when it starts bearing fruit, you take a bite of that fruit, you know what it's called? It's death. 
Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That's what's going to happen when I plant sin. So if I plant greed, or I plant pride, or I plant rebellion, or I plant lust, or hate, or envy, or jealousy, or wrath, or bitterness, or laziness, then your soul and life will begin to corrupt. It will begin to rot away until there is nothing left but death. That's the only thing that can come from a life of sin. It's not hard to see people doing this over and over again, deceiving themselves that I can live however I want, plant whatever I want, and there's not going to be any consequences. Hey, Burger King says that ha- have it your way. Uh, well, I would like to eat the burger and it be healthy too, but I can't have my way. I can choose what unhealthy thing to put on it or to take off, but I can't choose how that's going to affect my body. Listen, that's what the world pushes over and over and over again just follow your heart just do whatever you want and when you get what you want it's going to be happily ever after from there on out and that seems to be what the world desires for us to believe and for us to follow so we see this over and over again people deceiving themselves that they will get what they want when sowing but they can avoid the consequences when it comes time to reap now we go throughout the word of God we can see plenty of examples in the Bible. Adam and Eve, they wanted that forbidden fruit. I mean, they wanted it. They wanted to taste that fruit. Adam and Eve were in the garden. God put them in a garden. I mean, I don't know how many trees, thousands of trees. There's only one they can't eat. And guess what? Only one choice to do wrong, and they still want to do the very, uh, the very thing that God told them not to do. They looked at that fruit. They saw the fruit. They saw that it looked good. They, they felt like it would taste good. They just wanted to take a bite. They wanted to try it. They wanted to be like gods. I mean, this is, this is what's going on in their mind. One bite is all I want, and one bite is all it took. Listen, God told them that he didn't want them to eat the fruit. He warned him of the consequences. This star is going to bug the life out of me. I'm just going to carry my notes around here with me. Can I move this pulpit around with me? And, uh, but God told them what he wanted. He, what, what he wanted. He warned him of the consequences. Didn't God, wasn't he fair? He said, the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. They just wanted to taste the fruit, and they they just wanted to be like gods and know good and evil, and they just wanted one little bite. They didn't want to be kicked out of the garden, though. They didn't want the ground to be cursed. They didn't want pain and childbearing. They didn't want to die. They got what they wanted, but it wasn't what they wanted after all. You see, this is uh, something we have a problem with so much so the Bible has to make a simple statement, stop lying to yourself. Stop deceiving yourself that you can do and go down the same path as a sinner that's bent on destruction and you will be able to avoid destruction somehow. It's not going to happen. Everybody, well, he did it and he turned out all right. Listen, I saw a video one time, a guy jumped out of an airplane and he went all the way, he hit the ground and he survived. His parachute didn't open. And I I didn't say, I'm going to go up in a plane and try that. Well, he made it. I mean, it looked kind of like fun. I mean, he got a lot of publicity. He's a celebrity now. I'm going to jump out of a plane and have my parachute not work because he survived. Listen, nobody plays those odds. And we see that you might want something, but you better be careful what you get when you get it. Listen, Cain wanted Abel dead. Cain and Abel were brothers. They both made an offering to God. God was very specific about the kind of sacrifice that he wanted. It was always supposed to be the healthiest and the best lamb out of the flock. Abel gave God what he wanted, 
Cain was a farmer, though, and he decided that he was going to give God the best of his fruits and the best of his vegetables. That's nice, Cain, but that is not what God asked for. That is not what God wanted. So Cain gave what he wanted instead of what God wanted, and God, wouldn't you know it, accepted Abel's offering, and he rejected Cain's. What happened? Cain got mad. It's kind of like in elementary school, you know, when your teacher hands back the quizzes and somebody got the smiley face sticker and you didn't. You ever been there? Oh, I want that smiley face sticker. You're going to take it off their test when they're not looking, right? Put it on yours. Or some of y'all, you put that clearance sticker on that shoes that you want. uh, And it's really not supposed to be there, right? (laughs) Listen, Cain did what he wanted. And then in Genesis 4, 6, here's what God says. He, He said unto Cain, why art thou wroth? Why are you mad? Why is thy countenance fallen? Why are you frowning? Why are you walking around mad, Cain? You got what you wanted. You offered what you wanted. You did what you wanted. Did it work? Are you happy? There's a way which seemeth right unto a man. Cain, you thought that was the right way to go. You thought that you could just give whatever you wanted, but you're not happy. What happened, Cain? Why are you mad? Didn't you get your way? You did what you wanted. You knew what I asked for. You didn't give it, so why are you mad? You're the one that didn't listen. You thought everything was going to be okay, and God gives him a simple statement again. If thou doest well... Shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. If you plant obedience, there is acceptance. If you do not, there is sin and all of its consequences come with it. We don't find the consequences of sin and disobedience to be any different in Cain's story either. You know why? It didn't just sit there as Cain was mad at Abel. Cain wanted to go further. He was eaten up with the sin of envy. So envious that he got so mad at his brother that he killed him in a field. Cain wanted to offer what he wanted. Cain wanted to kill his brother. He didn't want, though, to be cursed. And I would say at the end of the day, he didn't really want to lose a brother either after his anger went away. He wasn't happy like he thought he would be. He didn't solve his problems like he thought he would. He got what he wanted, but it wasn't what he wanted after all. Time and time again, we find this pattern in Scripture. Sowing whatever they want, then acting shocked when they have to eat the fruit of their rebellion tree and when they have to eat the fruit of their envy tree and they got to eat the fruit of the greedy tree and the pride tree and the lust tree, act shocked when things go wrong. The Bible gave us plenty of warning. Esau wanted some soup. As the oldest child, Esau would inherit the entire fortune of his father. When his father died, he was going to get it all. This is called the birthright. The firstborn son gets all the stuff. And his dad was rich, by the way. That'd be kind of nice. He came in from hunting all day. His younger brother Jacob was cooking soup. Jacob said that he'd give Esau a bowl of soup if he would just sell his birthright to him. And Esau's Esau's hungry. He's been out all day, and he just, that soup smells so good. I want you to listen to Esau's words. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. Is that real? Is he really going to die if he doesn't get that soup? I mean, he might go to bed hungry, but I don't think he's going to die. He's exaggerating. He's really, it's a lie. It's not true. He says, what, what profit shall this birthright do to me? A whole lot, buddy. You better hang on to it. A whole lot more than that soup will give to you. If I eat soup late after a long day, it just gives me heartburn anyways. I, I'd uh, rather not have it. And he, see, he got the soup. That's what he wanted, isn't it? 
But at the end of the story, as Jacob is walking away with that birthright, and at the end of his parents' life, as Jacob's walking away with the blessing, the Bible says that Esau cried out with a loud and a bitter cry. He said, why did I give it away? Why did He actually says, Jacob took it from me. But that's not true. Esau gave it away. And there's oftentimes that the devil doesn't take anything from you. You give it away. You just let him have it. You don't give a fight. You don't try to resist him. You just let him have everything in your life. You just let lust take whatever it wants. And you let greed have its way in your life. And envy, you just let it eat up your heart. You love to entertain that anger towards your youth pastor and your parents and your church. And you love to have those feelings. You just let it have everything it wants. Why don't you put up a fight for sin to, against sin every once in a while? Why don't you put up a fight against the devil every once in a while? Listen, Esau thought he wanted some soup, but at the end, that's not what he really wanted at all. Amnon wanted Tamar. So much so, he wanted a girl that he devised a plan to abuse and take advantage of his sister. Listen to the word of God. Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice. She said, no, don't do this. But being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. Then Amnon, he had so much lust for her, he thought it was love. But after he got what he wanted, his heart was not filled with love. His heart was not filled with joy. His heart was not filled with rapture. His heart was filled with hate. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly. So that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, rise, be gone, get out of here. He got what he wanted. But there's no joy. There was no love. His heart was filled with hate. He got what he wanted, but it wasn't what he wanted after all. Listen, Samson wanted Delilah. He wanted her. He said, hey, mom and dad, go get her for me. They said, Samson, don't do this. That's not the kind of girl for you. And I don't care what you think. I like her. Go get her for me. Oh, Samson wanted Delilah. But I'll tell you this. He didn't want to lose his eyes. Samson wanted Delilah. But he didn't want to lose his strength. Samson wanted Delilah. But he sure didn't want to lose his freedom and lose his respect. And you might want some guy or some girl. But I'm telling you, you're going to lose a whole lot more than you'll ever gain if you break outside the boundaries that God has placed into your life. You better listen to an old preacher that preaches the word of God. You better listen to a youth pastor that tries to warn you of the wide way that leads to destruction. The Bible tells it, don't be deceived. How many young men and how many young women have lost their chance at serving the Lord in a mighty way or they've messed up somehow or, or they've gotten themselves in all kinds of trouble because of a relationship. I'm telling you, relationships are strong. Those bonds are strong. The Bible says a man that commits adultery, he destroyeth his own soul. There's something that affects your soul when you start messing around with that kind of behavior. I'm telling you, you'll lose your eyes, you'll lose your freedom, you'll lose your respect, you'll lose everything that God wants you to have. Don't mess around. Achan wanted the forbidden money and clothes. All he wanted was some silver and gold, some nice clothes that nobody else was going to miss. He would just steal them and nobody would ever know. But he didn't want his nation to lose God's hand of protection. He didn't want to see good men die by the hand of the enemy. He didn't want his family to have to suffer for his decision. Well, he got what he wanted, but it was not what he wanted after all. Fortunately, the Bible does not just focus on the negative side of sowing. It ends with the best part. Y'all still got your Bibles open there to Galatians chapter 6? 
It says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If you live by the Word of God, then you will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Your life in eternity will just keep getting better and better, and not to mention that your life down here won't be too bad either. Listen, the Bible is the best way to live. God's way is the best way to walk. In the Bible, in verse 9, it says, let us not be weary of well-doing. Never get tired of doing right. Never get tired of fighting to do what God has called you to do. Never get tired of going to church, and never get tired of reading your Bible. That's something you ought to just keep doing, and never get tired of praying. Never get tired of going out in the streets and Telling people about Jesus Christ. Never get tired of doing what God has called a Christian to do. To help us do right, I think it would do us good to learn from the mistakes of these people. And remember where they went wrong. Number one, each one of them thought about sowing, but not about the reaping. Each one of them thought about the now instead of the later. They thought about what they were going to get right now, but not what was going to happen later. A companion of fools. It's fun for a while, I ain't going to lie. You can hear some pretty funny stories. But you better ask what happened on the tail end of all those stories. You go to some AA meeting and they sit up there and they talk about all these parties, but they are in an AA meeting. They are in an addiction. And they might be able to laugh and joke around, but I'm telling you what has happened in their life is nothing to laugh about. Broken families and broken homes and hurting children and crying women and crying men. That's nothing to laugh about. All the pain that's in the heart of people in this whole world, all the suffering that goes on in your street, in the streets around you, in the streets across from the church, the broken people that are everywhere. Can't you hear their cries? Haven't you ever cried yourself? Don't you know that there's pain and suffering in that life? Who would want to choose the way that reaps death? Who would want to choose a life that breeds corruption and rots out your soul? Listen, alcohol and drugs and party all those things will rot you from the inside out oh do whatever you want be your own person no be just like everybody else out in the world oh you if, if you're a woman you can be a man if you're a man you can be a woman just decide whatever you want yeah there's a 40% suicide attempt rate in the transvestite community it is not our fault it's not the fault of those that don't agree with them. I mean, they're putting men that dress like women on the cover of Women magazine and calling them Woman of the Year. Women, you ought to be offended at that. What they're saying is a man is a better woman than a woman is. That's Woman of the Year right there. Even that man's a better woman than a woman is. By the way, it's kind of interesting that the guy grows his hair out and he tries his hardest to look like a woman. I thought there wasn't a look for a woman, but they sure try to go for it, don't they? Uh, you see all of a sudden he's wearing dresses, he's growing his hair out. Uh, what happened? I thought there were no things like that to determine a guy or a girl. There's distinctions like that. Listen, the world is proven truth. Uh, even in the rebellion, we see that they're proven truth. Each one lost tomorrow to benefit today. 
They thought about the investment. They did not think about the return. And they thought about the behavior, but they did not think about the consequences. Number two, each one thought about personal gratification and not personal responsibility. Each one thought about making me happy rather than what their responsibility was. And there are many men sit home on couches and the family starves because they don't feel like working. I don't care how happy or gratified you are, you've got a responsibility, young man. You've got a responsibility to work. You've got a responsibility to take care of that lady and those children. You've got a responsibility to lead them. Hey, you might not feel like going to church, but it's not about personal gratification for me. It's about personal responsibility to raise my children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I'm supposed to raise my wife and my, right, my raise my wife. I ain't raising nothing there. Uh, she's raising me. I'm supposed to bring my children into the nurture and admonition. I'm supposed to bring them to church, not send them to church. Listen, I find it funny that people say, well, I'm just going to stay home and, and, uh, because I go to church all the time. What are you going to stay home and do? Play video games like you don't do that all the time? Play on your phone like you don't do that all the time? Sleep like you don't do that all the time? Something else that you do all the time, way more than you do church. Listen, get up off that couch and go to church. That's where a Christian ought to be. Get up and read that Bible. That's what a Christian ought to do. Listen, each one thought about personal gratification rather than their responsibility. 1 Corinthians 10.33 says, Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. He told that story of two bus workers that came by my grandmother's door. I have been on a lot of bus visitation. There have been days where I don't feel like going. There have been days where I thought, oh, old lady, she ain't got no kids. Right? I mean, not against her or nothing. That was my grandma. But uh, have you ever been there? I'm trying to get kids to sign up. Well, I know there won't be any kids here. I don't know if they, they were having a bad day. I don't know if they felt like not going. But you better believe that I'm glad that those two bus workers went out and were knocking doors. I don't feel like doing extra doors today. Let's just go out, go out and do some extra doors. Look for somebody like me that needs the Word of God. Look for a young man whose family needs this, that needs your church. They need to hear the Word of God. They need to hear the preacher preach the old black book. Listen, they need somebody that stands up for truth and right in this generation. Don't sit down and just do what you feel like doing. You've got a responsibility. Christians have a responsibility to reach the world. And you say, I'm not old enough yet. They stuck me on a bus at 14 years old, and they took me all over the city. They they were having me teach kids at 15 years old. I didn't know what I was doing, but I'll tell you what, I'm glad that somebody told me that it wasn't just uh, good enough for me to sit in a pew, but I ought to get up and start working. I ought to get up and start preaching. I ought to start reaching some men and women and boys and girls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that somebody taught me God had a will for my life. God had a plan for my life, and it was my responsibility to fulfill it. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Each one, number three, thought what they would gain, but not about what they would lose. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Oh, you'll gain a girlfriend and lose your soul if you gain the wrong one. You'll gain a boyfriend and lose your soul. 
God will always take you back. I sure would like to see you avoid some scars. Each one thought that they were just going to be gaining, but they didn't know they were going to be losing. It's not worth gaining peace if it means you lose principle. And that's what they're trying to, hey, we're going to yell and scream at you, preacher. You, we're, going to, we're going to say that you can't preach against homosexuality and you can't preach against trans. You can't preach against alcoholism anymore. You can't preach old standards. You can't preach the word of God like that anymore. Or else, uh, and if you do, we're going to keep on yelling. Listen, I, I don't want a fight, but I'll tell you something. I'm not going to give up this Bible. I'm not going to give up my faith. I'm not going to give up my stand on the word of God. I'm not going to give up my belief in church. I'm not going to give up my belief in the things of God just because somebody might yell at me. I'll tell you what, go ahead and yell all you want. I've got a work to do. I've got a wall to build. I've got a responsibility and I'll tell you what, I don't care what I lose down here if I gain up there in heaven and I'll say that you ought to start making decisions right now that I'm just going to look at what I gain in heaven rather than what I lose down here. That's a whole lot better way to live. It's not worth gaining friends if you lose spirituality. Lastly, quicker than I thought. Last one. 20 points under this. Maybe y'all ever hear Jim Vineyard? He's like, I got five points, 16 sub points. And that's a, he was always like that, 16, 20 sub points. This is the last point here. Each one thought about what they wanted and not about what God wanted. That's not the mind of Christ. What did Jesus say? Father, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everybody in heaven listens to God. You want his will to be done down here, you're going to perk up when the word of God's being read. You're going to perk up in your Bible reading rather than just get through it. You're going to pay attention. You're going to listen when the word of God's being preached. Each one thought about what they wanted and not about what God wanted. Listen, you might think that happiness is doing whatever you want. That's what the world has, has, uh, has many people convinced of. You just live however you want, do however you want, and you'll, be ha- you'll live happily ever after. That's the biggest lie that the devil has ever gotten people to believe. Be not deceived. What you sow is what you are going to reap. If you sow sin, if you sow corruption, you will reap sin, the world wind, corruption, destruction. It'll be a horrible life. But I'll tell you, if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. I've tested that out so far in my life. And so far, it's 100% true. I have no regrets living and serving God, not even in 2021. I don't care who likes me, doesn't like me. I'm concerned about one person giving me their approval. I'm concerned about one person as I stand before him. And I'll tell you this, you cannot get that approval without being saved. No way. You cannot get. You know, I find that happiness is when I do what God wants instead of what I want. All the fruits of the Spirit, that's what people really want. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Isn't that what you want in life? People running around, that's what they're really after. And the Bible says this, that all those things, the fruits of the Spirit, are in goodness, righteousness, and truth. You know what that is? Do what God wants instead of what you want. 
I'm going to find all those things, joy, love, peace, when I do what God wants. You know what God wants? He wants you to be saved. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. Why is God waiting? Truth be told, this, this nation, this world should have been judged a long time ago. Why is God waiting? He might be waiting for one of you. He might be waiting for some young man, some young woman, or some adult in here tonight. He might be waiting for you. Maybe you've been just living the life. Maybe you've just been the, the form of godliness, and you look good. You talk good. You do everything that all the other kids do, but deep in your heart, if you were to die, you believe that it, there is a possibility that you will split hell wide open. How do I know? I've been there before. I sat in a church at Clay's Mill. I was 14 years old. We'd been there for four years already. I had started to go soul winning. With the teenagers, and I was out there day to day, and I was thinking, uh, every time we went, I'm thinking, we're sitting here telling them, I don't even know. My mom had told me I'd done something when I was five. I'll just be honest, I didn't remember. It bothered me. So finally, I just decided to settle it. And right there at the end of the service at Clay's Mill, I walked down and, uh, in front of all those people because at some point it does not matter what anyone thinks or anyone around you sees. It matters what God is going to say when you stand before him. And I sure don't want to stand before him and say, well, my mom told me I did something at five years old. Listen, that's not good enough for me, brother. I'm going to get it settled. If it's bothering you, just settle it, settle it, settle it. God might be waiting to come back for you. God's not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants you saved. God sent His Son to die for you. God loves you that much. God wants you in church. I know you think I'm going to do Hebrews 10.25. It's a good one. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. But let me ask you this. In Ephesians 5.25, it says, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Jesus died for the church, and you don't want to go? Jesus thought it was so important that he died for it, and you don't want to go? If I could get you to do one thing, it'd be to get saved. If I could get you to do two things, it would be to stay in church. You don't understand how important that is. 18, I'm out of here. I can do it's just okay. I'll come back after I'm done. You might not. How many people you know said that and didn't come back? I'll tell you, I want God in my life. I want the word of God in my life. I want to know him. I want to learn everything I can about him. And if Jesus died for the church and thought it was important enough to start the church while he was down here, then I figure I just better go. If he thinks there's something important about it, then I ought to think there's something important about it. By the way, if you were in the church of Galatia and you didn't show up, you wouldn't have even been able to hear that book being read. Where are you going to hear that book? Stay at home. I can read the Word of God at home. If that's what you said back in the time when Paul wrote the book of Galatians to the church of Galatia, well, I can just stay home. You wouldn't have heard the letter read. You understand what I'm saying? I want to be there. By the way, the Bible says... Seeing you've pur purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. You can't do that from your house. How am I supposed to love my brother? Oh, yes, I love my brother. I hate going to church. I hate all those people there. Bunch of hypocrites like you aren't. At least they're going. 
When you sit home, you're a worse hypocrite than if you go. Oh, those people, listen, you can't tell me you love your brother and you never want to be around him. Oh, I just, I just love my wife. Can't stand looking at her. By the way, I'll tell you this. I can't tell my girlfriend how much I love my wife and she's going to believe me. And you can't live in the world and tell them how much you love God and they're going to believe you. 1 John 3.14, we know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And you tell me church isn't important? How are you supposed to encourage and edify one another if you're not there? How are you supposed to so fulfill the law of Christ and bear one another's burdens if you're never around them? Doesn't make any sense. Don't let this world and the worldly church and those have probably not even saved some of them. Don't let them uh, uh, convince you on how to live and teach you how to think. Go to the Bible. Go to the Word of God. See what God thinks is important and see what God says is important. See what God wants you to do and do that. I'll tell you, you can try to do and get what you want, but it might not be what you want at the end of the day. God wants you to be holy. He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. I don't have time to spend on all these. Let me just say this. This idea that God's grace lets you do whatever you want, it's, it's anti-scripture. All I need is this verse right here. I don't need anything else. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Thank God that the only way I can truly be accepted in the eyes of God is through what Jesus Christ has done for me. Is salvation by grace. I could never work my way into the good graces of God. I could never be good enough to earn God's grace. I can only get it by believing in Jesus Christ, in the goodness of Jesus Christ, and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus did all the work that, uh, for me. I could never do the work that he did. By the way, how could I work and do a better job than what Jesus did? And on the cross, he said, it's finished. There's no more work we have to do. Put your faith and trust in a God that loves you, in a God that came to earth to die for you. Listen, God wants you to be saved, but God wants you to be holy after that. I can't just live however I want. I've got a job to do. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. God wants you to take up your cross. Two more. Luke 14, 26 says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Now you say, oh, cross, it's nice when it's a metaphor to you, but to the disciples, it was truth. Hey, when they come to arrest me and put me on my cross, you going to come with me? And have them hang you on your cross right beside me? No, all his disciples were like, I'm out. I'll see you. How come that's what it is when things get tough and somebody says something mean to you in church? I'm never don't want to destroy anything. I've never come back to this place. The preacher preaches a tough message. You telling me you're going to be able to take the fiery darts of the wicked and you can't take fiery preaching? I don't understand that. 
This is boot camp. You think it's easier out there? World doesn't care anything about them. I've bought all your CDs. Try to, try to run up on stage and tell them that. They'll arrest you. They don't care. They don't care how much money you've spent in their CDs and how much money you've spent on all that stuff. God wants you to take up your cross. He said, count the cost. Follow me. How many of y'all are willing to follow Christ at any cost? Lastly here, I want to finish. Mark 12, 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. You know what this is? God wants you. Plain and simple. You ever been there? I was a little shorter. I could at least throw, you know. Uh, but sometimes I was the last one picked for the teams. Anyone ever, ever been there? Come on, just be honest. Let's cry a little bit on each other's shoulders, all right? From one short person to another. Maybe you've been there before. It's not a great feeling. Everyone else picks you, you know. Here comes a kid, can't see. I'll take him, you know. <laughs> you know. It's not a great feeling when people don't want you, is it? It's not a great feeling when you don't think like you think you're good enough to fit into a group. It's not a great feeling when you think like there's something wrong with you and you know, people like you for this but they don't like all of you. Not God. He said, "I want I want everything. I want all of you. I want all your heart. I want even your corny jokes." My son's getting into joke telling. He's working on being a dad someday. He's doing a good job at it. Telling me those jokes. God said, I want everything. My faults, my failures. Well, you don't understand. I'm not, I'm not strong enough. I'm just weak. I said, oh, yeah, I like to choose the weak to confound the strong, to overcome the strong. I said, God, I, I, I'm just dumb. Yeah, I like to choose the foolish things to confound the wise. God picks backwards than we do. You see, there's the kid nobody else wants in this world, but God picks them first. God chooses old David that wasn't even in the lineup. And God's like, hey, where's David? Well, what do you mean, David? Yeah, the, he's taking care of sheep. You want, you want him? Yeah, bring David out of here. And God chose David, the little shepherd boy, to make him a king. God chose a bunch of foolish fishermen and made them some of the greatest preachers this world has ever seen. Don't you think that God doesn't want you? Don't believe God, uh, the devil's lies and don't believe that you are worth nothing and don't believe that, that uh, God is, is overlooking you for somebody that looks more talented or, or you think is better than you. God wants all of you. God wants every single bit of your heart, every single bit. You say, I've failed. I've, I've done wrong over here. I've sinned over here. God says, well, I don't care what you think you have left. Just give it to me. All I got is five loaves and two fishes. Just give it to me. All I've got left is just a little bit of meal, and then I'm going to die. God says, would you just give it to me and let me show you what I can do? Thank God. You say, I don't know if I can have a family. I've been broken and hurt. Oh, God will give you a family. You just give it to him and see what God could do. You just give those fish and those, 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 that bread to God. Watch what God could do with your life. He say, oh, I've ruined my life over here. Just give God what's left and watch him and see what he can do with it. 
Let me ask you. You really think you're going to get what you want by doing whatever you want, sowing whatever you want? Be not deceived. Don't mock God like that. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. All I'm trying to get you to sow is what God wants you to sow instead of what you want. There's a way that seems right to a man, the end thereof are the ways of death. But if you sow to the Spirit, it'll be joy unspeakable, full of glory. God will do all that you ask above what you're able to even think, above what you're able to even imagine, above what you can even ask for. You can't even think to ask for what God can give to you. Tonight, instead of getting what you want, would you just do what God wants? Give Him all of you. Get saved. Do it tonight. Let's pray.